All right, look, New Jersey J on the Radar Podcast. Brought to you by Anchor.fm. Good folks over there. Lost on Spotify, Overcast, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, YouTube channel, New Jersey J on the Radar Podcast on the YouTube channel, Chip. Check it out. Like the motherfucking content. Share it. Uh, uh, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell, get your notifications, all that good jazz. Uh, I'm shorten this up. I'm going to do a quick shout out and I'm going to go into what the fuck I want to talk about right now because I am very like <laughs> agitated. Um, first and foremost, I want to give a shout out to uh, my cousin-in-law, fucking Bobby Phelps. Give it up for Bobby Phelps. I talked to Bobby uh, Christmas. Was it Christmas Day? Yeah, I believe it was Christmas Day. And I told him I, uh, I give him a holler. And I, I, you know what? I'm gonna I'm pay more homage to you, sir, because you you faithfully listened. Thank you for your for your support, sir. <laughs> Bobby Phelps, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, man. Uh, number two, um, I want to say uh, I lost two friends last week. Back to back, uh, my friend Troy Span on Wednesday. I've learned I learned to his death Wednesday. My friend Tyree passed that I've learned passed on Tuesday of last week. Had a tough week last week. You know, I just want to say uh, first and foremost, both of y'all, brother King, salute, rest in power. Stick around, man. I'm about to do some great shit. Um. My condolences to the to to the families, man. Y'all, I know what y'all feeling, and because I'm hurting, but I can only imagine y'all, man. I can't even compare my hurt to y'all, and I ain't even gonna try. But my deepest condolences. Um, if there's anything I can do, contribute, by all means, reach out. My motherfucking niggas, gunshot salute, man. Gunshot salute, motherfucker. One gun salute up in this. My niggas. Damn it. Alright, that out the way. Let me get let me get down to business. Alright, y'all. Today is uh Monday. December 27th, 2021. I be me that boy, New Jersey. And I have a little bit of shit to talk about. I got on my mind today. Let me grab a beer. And uh I'll tell you what's on my mind. Today, we are in the second day of the holiday Kwanzaa. I don't know what day it is. I don't know which, because I don't see the shit. So, don't ask. Um, I don't follow it. I don't subscribe to it. And I have a, a real reason for not you know, following Kwanzaa, Christmas, New Year's, all that other bullshit that everybody celebrates. I just don't, that's not that type of nigga. Don't. Uh, I'm quite sure by now, because everybody should know by now. If you don't, I'm going to speak on it. I'm going I'm to show you I know. But everybody should know by now that the man that created the holiday Kwanzaa um, 
I can't even pronounce this nigga's name, man. His last name Karing Karinga. I can't I can't pronounce his name. But I got a clip. Judge Joe Brown was speaking on um on on the brother from the US from the US organization. The the US organization was formed by a dude uh Hakim Jamal and and and, and Karinga. And they were in California, Los Angeles. I think it was the uh, I, I forget what campus. It was one of them. UF, it wasn't. It wasn't USC. Or it was UCLA. One of them. One of them campuses. I can't remember. I'm fucking drunk. But they were on the campus, Biden for like a uh, uh, student body and all that bullshit. And it ended up they got into some shit with. Black Panthers and it was like some street shit. Niggas, they they did some nigga shit, and uh, it was it was like a war between them two, so to speak. So much so that it is arguably said that the U.S. the US organizations beef with the black the Black Panther Party that chapter in Los Angeles that that really is what crippled that chapter in Los Angeles. That incident when at the at the um, at the college campus or university campus where they murdered Bunchy Carter and uh uh boy last name John Huggins, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, with that, look, I want to play this clip that uh what's his name? Judge Joe Brown. Give Judge Joe Brown a round. <laughs> Judge Joe Brown uh, was speaking on uh, the holiday, Karinga, why he don't celebrate it, and and it's like justifiably so. Uh, Joe Brown seriously has a uh, personal connection with all parties involved. Welcome back to CBS This Morning. I'm so Gail Kim with Anthony Mason. And uh, let me get to the clip. I'm going to play it. It's courtesy of, I can't. I can't see because I'm blinder than a motherfucker. But um, Judge Joe Brown is going to speak on on um, Mr. Karinga, the uh, the the US organization, and uh, uh, Mr. Karinga's complicity with the FBI Cointel Pro program. Check it out. This is Judge Joe Brown, and we're listening to We All Be News. News free Dixie for the 21st century. Well, did you know Bunchy Carter at all? Um, yes, I knew Bunchy Carter. I recruited him to UCLA. Also, oh. uh, John Huggins. Yes. Bunchy Carter had been a Slauson gang member, and he got out of the penitentiary, but he wrote poetry. He was very smart. He taught himself to read and write, so he got recruited at the UCLA under a special program. He was doing all right as a student. Mm -hmm. He and John Huggins, Huggins, who came in from out of town, was also a good student, got recruited, were gunned down in front of 43 witnesses in a cafeteria in broad daylight, by four people who were members of the US organization. Mm -hmm. The interesting thing that struck me is they only caught two of them who were accessories. And uh, 
I remember seeing him after they had prosecuted been prosecuted. Hell, I testified as a witness. They oh, got well. prosecuted, locked up in the penitentiary, and two years later, I ran at him, ran into him at the Palladium in Hollywood at a concert. It was sitting at the table. So what are you two doing out? They had escaped, and they had an all-points bulletin out for two days, and then they canceled it. Well, to make a long story short, about five, six years ago, they showed up to surrender, and they were told nobody was interested. The wow. two people who actually did the shooting, their names were known, addresses were given, and I think one of them's mama was uh, identified as the place where they were staying. The police didn't even go by there to get them. Ringa got five years in the California State Penitentiary for torturing several women. He got paranoid thinking they were going to poison him. So they let him out after one year exactly, and then within 40-some days he became a tenured professor at the California State University system, in the California State University system. Wow. So you, what you're saying is, to me, it's not the government was involved in this, like COINTELPRO. Well, they have an involvement. It's just they have simpatico Negroes mm-hmm. who go along with it. I, I know I was listening to a documentary uh, General Pratt was interviewed, and he felt like that the US organization was not the mastermind behind the um, John Huggins and Bunchy Carter assassinations. And people also question Elaine Brown. Uh, no. Oh well, I know both of them. I recruited both of them to UCLA undergrad. Oh, okay. Geronimo Pratt. Mm-hmm. What it was about is my opinion. The people that were most behind it was the LAPD special unit known as SIS. Mm-hmm. I actually got told by some detectives who were investigating the murders that they thought I was right because uh, the only people that knew the information were in the police department. But when they got there, uh, the US organization had already been advised. Elaine Brown was a smart individual, and she'd worked as a clerical around the UCLA campus for some years. And she wound up passing the test and got recruited as an undergrad. I knew all of them. Mm -hmm. I was the BSU community liaison. And at that point, we had tripled the number of African-Americans in UCLA. And we got good ones in who couldn't be counted on. When I got in UCLA in 1965, there was a grand total of 73 African-American full-time grad students. 72 full-time undergrad students, and the student body totaled at 64,000 students full-time. Okay. Now, eight years ago, the student body was 96,000, and they admitted one African-American freshman. Right. But going back, we wound up getting more African-Americans in in 1966. In 1967, we got 250 in, and in 1968, we got 250 in, and we got those who wanted to be black student union members for the, I guess, the appearance, and whereas, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, 
Big Lou then, the basketball player, Mike Warren, Lucius Allen, you know, mm -hmm. all the UCLA basketball team with a lot to lose, man. We got to go move on to administration building. Let's go. You got these people, and I'm sorry, brother. I understand the sacrifices that you made to get me in here, but I can't afford to jeopardize my career. I will have you in mind. Grab that fool and bring him with us. And I remember we had a BSU president named Eddie Maddox. You did now. And he didn't want to go. He was so scared that when we took him out there, he peed his pants. <laughs> Lord. Okay. It was like that. Wow. That's amazing. So, so, wow. so the primary group, we didn't get any through any back doors, any special programs. We got in through the front doors. Mm -hmm. But we were conscientious and we had a cause. So we were willing to sacrifice our future and our lives for that cause. And a lot of people got killed around UCLA back in those days. Uh, a lot of them, we felt us organization had a lot to do with. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, what you think about now that Ron Karenga is so celebrated now? I mean, his Kwanzaa thing is basically a, a national holiday. I mean, it's a money maker. I don't celebrate it because I think he is a sellout Negro of the worst type. Mm -hmm. I met Ron Karinga on a field trip to L.A. City College. His name was mm -hmm. Ron Everett, and he had mm -hmm. a Jamaican accent, accent, long wavy hair and green eyes, and he was, I say, you know, here, man, you've got to come and get your education. Mm -hmm. And that's the way he talked when I met him. And then later, better, better, there's much that the black man need to know. House to me is not at all necessary for you to trouble yourself. Because I, my ladder, would teach you everything you need. A la la, my ladder, a la la, my ladder. Teach on that. Mm. He killed some very good friends of mine. Mm. And we had, uh, you know, like, you spoke about the my ladder. We'll bring him out here. I talk about him to his face. Mm -hmm. so, I don't like him. Now, our people are so asleep on this history. I mean, I don't understand. Like, is it, we could get it. It's available right at our fingertips right now. So let me yeah, give you an example. Let mm -hmm. me give an example. There's a guy named um, uh, Yuko Babu. He runs the Pan-African Film Festival now. Mm -hmm. And he wanted to raise money in 1973 for Fralemo, a group of African guerrillas. Mm -hmm. Well, he wanted to ship these combat boots and uniforms over there, but the State Department stopped him. They had a whole plane full. So wow. he decided to give a concert at the Palladium. Stevie mm -hmm. Wonder performed free of charge for two hours. Wow. Oscar Brown Jr. and Pharaoh Sanders and Gene and Judy Pace performed free oh, of charge. Wow. We had all of these stars. Didn't charge a dime. Ron Karinga wanted $5,000 to have his boot dancers put on a show. <laughs> <laughs> you had Stevie Wonder for two hours. You had Oscar Brown Jr. and everybody. He wanted 5000 This is back in 1974? Yeah. Okay. No, 73. 73. Okay. Interesting. He is so, a capitalist, so, you know. <laughs> man, you go to hell. That's where, by the way, that's the Palladium incident where I saw these two folks that murdered uh, John Huggins and uh, Bunchy Carter. Wow.
You gotta give it up for motherfucking uh, Joe Brown, man. Joe Brown, that nigga, yo, for real. Shout out to Joe Brown. But, uh, yeah, fucking, there you have it. There you have it. Joe Brown sounds like he has a personal in connection with the people that were killed. And, uh, and he feels some type of way about it. He witnessed the shit. He was there. And he spoke on this man. And like I, like I said, when I when I when I've got pulled, my coat got pulled to uh, Mr. Karinga. I was in prison actually. And the older dudes, the older dudes was having a conversation about the Kwanzaa. And um, it, 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 you know, they was just breaking down Karinga, and I can't remember the uh, Agents of Repression. That's the name of the book I read. Agents of Repression. That motherfucking book was like seven, six, seven hundred pages. It was pretty thick. Uh, I can't remember the author, but it's the, the book was called Agents of Oppression. One of my OGs when I was in prison was like, yo, I want to give you something because you like reading, right? I was like, yeah. He was like, I, I got something for you, man. Then we're going to talk about it. And I was like, all right, cool. And he gave me this book called Agents of Oppression. And basically, this book broke down the the uh, the beginnings of the FBI and all the shit, all the major events that the FBI dealt with. Considering you know J Edgar Hoover, you know from from the the you know from them developing the FBI to go after the gangsters of 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 the of the um um depression era, all the way up to like COINTELPRO and and all its targets, the major incidents. I mean from the uh from the AIM movement, the American Indian movement, uh Black Panthers. Martin Luther King, any people that they considered uh, uh, communists, um, animal rights, environmental, you know, Cointel went after everybody. J. Edgar Hoover was a, a, a master devil. He was just a master devil that liked dick in his ass. He was, you know, that was his twist. But um, this book, The Agents of Oppression, broke it down. And I read because they had redacted reports up in this book from the FBI Cointel Pro shit. And I read it, I read that about Karinga. I can't pronounce the first name, but I read that shit on my own in that book. And shit, that was like 90, whew. man, what year was that? Probably like 95 when I read that book, 96 when I read that book. And it opened my eyes to a lot of what the FBI was doing when J. Edgar Hoover was at the helm. Um, the, the shit that he did against Martin Luther King, the shit he did against Malcolm X. Uh, I mean, all of them. All of them. The CIA that went around the world and created havoc on the African continent, killing and assassinating leaders and potential leaders and shit like that, just like they do over here in America. And for this motherfucker to be in complicity with a Cointel Pro operation, it's, it's just not for me to celebrate, although he created it. And I guess the sentiment is, well, it's for a good and this and that. 
But to me, it's just another set of fucking rules to follow. Oh, you got to light a candle for this, and you got to be celebrating this day this way. And No, I, I want to do my day the way I want to do my day. I want to drink, smoke dope, and kick knowledge. Fuck all this bullshit, celebratory bullshit. I, like I, said, I don't celebrate none of the holidays. Like, I'll eat your food. I'll come visit. I just think it's a good time for family to get together when it comes to Christmas, uh, Thanksgiving, the summer holidays, all that shit. It's just a, you know, it's just a time for family to come together. You know, people be holding fucking family reunions during these summer holidays. Winter holidays, they hold big dinners for people to get together to catch up with each other. That's all that shit is for me. And fuck, and fuck the symbolic shit of it, you know? And, and, and I'm here to say this, motherfuckers. The, the motherfucker when 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 the motherfuckers killed off the Indians and shit and, and started thinking they started eating them. Oh, them some dark flesh motherfuckers. That shit might be some tender shit. They find them, them motherfuckers were cannibals. They they wasn't eating no damn turkey. That was human flesh. These niggas was eating. So let's not get this all you you fucked up and you not just history. Just like we talking about Mr. Karinga of the US organization. It's history. It's in the books. Just saying. I I, I mean, if you celebrate it, it's the good thing, this and that, but it's just the motherfucker. And then on top of that, this nigga was Ike Turner and James Brown all rolled up into one. Went to prison for that shit. You know? Ike Turner and James Brown rolled up into one. There was some two brutal motherfuckers towards women. And they saying this Mr. Karinga was beating women like slaves. Torture and shit. And we gonna celebrate that. I'm not some well y'all look like I say, if that's what y'all do, is that gives you peace of mind, be with you. I me, I just don't celebrate the shit. I don't celebrate a lot of shit. I hardly celebrate my motherfucking birthday. About that. So Oh, by the way, that Juneteenth shit, I don't celebrate that shit neither. You know why I don't celebrate Juneteenth? Since they made it an official holiday here. Joe Biden was in office. Not even a whole year yet. He engaged some money to the Asian community when, you know, the nut bullshit, uh, uh, not money, I'm sorry, a fucking bill, a law. After these Asian people were going through some bullshit, for the last few years because of the Trump administration and they nut shit had people attacking them and this and that. So when they come into office, they made a hate bill. They made a hate crime bill for Asians. Ain't nobody do that shit for black people yet, but they always giving us the party. Give us the party. Yeah, forget about it. Here's Juneteenth. You'll have a day off in June, right before 4th of July. And then you'll have another day off to celebrate us, the masters. Celebrate the red, white, and blue, all that bullshit. Right? Like I said, I, I ain't no sucker for no holidays and shit. I just take advantage of the time. Get with family, get with friends, whatever. But otherwise, shit, celebrate none of that shit. And fucking Kwanzaa would have been an ideal thing to celebrate had it, had it not been orchestrated by a fucking nigga devil. The black devil. Oh, he nice now. He don't do that no more. But that shit in him. 
Just like me shooting people before and all that shit is in me. I ain't shot nobody in a long time, but they ain't gonna stop me from shooting a motherfucker again. It's still in me. Who's to say this motherfucker don't uh, catch a ticket, motherfucker, get on some Ike Turner James Brown shit? Just saying. Don't celebrate niggas like that, man. Sorry. Not sorry. Real rap. <laughs> That's what it is. So look, let me get the fuck out of here, man. A mob deep banging in the background. I'm smoked out, drunk, chilling. Well, look, let me get up out of here. This has been New Jersey J. This has been New Jersey J on the Radar Podcast. And once again, New Jersey J on the Radar Podcast has been brought to you and in closing as always think positive to make the cipher complete you need that 360 keep your head up like your nose bleed i see y'all in traffic man i'm out this car